Welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. This episode, my guest is lifestyle journalist and copywriter Rosie Mullender, who turned to freelancing after nine years on Cosmopolitan magazine and editing the co-op Food magazine. She shares brilliant insights into pitching and sending out ideas, including her pitching spreadsheet, as well as why she loves daytime errands and cinema trips, and the constant hustle for new work and clients. Rosie loves freelancing, and you'll get tons of advice on pitching as a journalist from this chat. Welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. I'm here with Rosie Mullinder, freelance journalist. Hi, Rosie. Hello. Um, can you tell us a little bit what your freelance is? I do um, journalism and copywriting, uh, and I tend to focus on lifestyle magazines, writing for uh, Grazia, Marie nice. Claire online now, um, and a few bits for newspapers, and copywriting for mainly hospitality brands. Lovely. And what kind of things have been have you been working on lately? What what has been in your to do list? A cornucopia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm testing water jugs for BBC Good Food magazine at the nice. moment. I'm going to a sprouts farm later this month to do a film about sprouts. Brilliant. <laughs> Which for is Christmas. For Christmas. Yeah. For next Christmas. So for I do a lot Christmas of Christmas twenty twenty. Christmas twenty twenty. So I do a lot of um uh I, I, I produce and write for um, Culp Food magazine. And so we focus on the harvest of this year for next year's magazine. So, for example, this year we've done blueberries. Um, we did poinsettias last year, oh, which will nice. be coming out this year in December for Christmas. So we work a year in advance. Um, and the next is next up is Sprouts for 2020. That's brilliant. So for anybody that's wondering how exactly how far in advance a magazine might work, it can go up to a year yes, in advance. Exactly. That's really cool. <laughs> I've never heard of that, actually, that it being a year in advance. Do you like Sprouts? I do actually. It's not going to be a challenging problem for you. No, I no. do like sprouts. I did. I, I did pears, and I don't like pears. Okay. So I don't always like the products I do, but I, I did um, English sparkling wine earlier this year. Oh, hard times. I did like that. Hard times. <laughs> yeah, I bet that was tricky. <laughs> um, tell me a bit about how long you've been freelance and how you got to being a freelancer, because I know, and if you're happy to tell people about sort of the background facts, I know you worked in magazines for a long time as staff, and so freelancing is in the grand scheme of your career quite new for you tell us a little bit about that so I went freelance in February 2018 um, and it wasn't really something I'd ever considered doing before in my career um, I started out at Southwest News Service as, as so many of us do mm-hmm. then I did a lot of work at True Life magazines like That's Life and Love It magazine worked at Look for a little while and then the the bulk of uh, my career I worked at Cosmopolitan magazine for nine years then I moved on for a couple of years to being editor of Cult Food magazine, which is why I still have contacts there. Um, but I just found, I'd got to that stage, which I think a lot of us will be familiar with, where you climb, climb the ladder, but you're at a point where you're not writing anymore. You're mm-hmm. just managing other people. Yeah. You're not doing anything creative. You're just dealing with spreadsheets, dealing with budgets. And I found I'd never particularly had this great dream of being an editor. Mm. Uh, I just found myself an editor um, and I just I, it just wasn't I wasn't enjoying it mm-hmm. I wasn't enjoying managing people not writing not being creative so I just sort of took the leap I, I walked into work one day and just resigned <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> so, which was probably a little bit foolhardy but um, some people's hearts are going to be racing now because they're going to be thinking oh my god I thought you had to plan for six months and put savings away <laughs> and do this and do that but sometimes it is just like a, a knee jerk I think for a lot of people that they just say right today's the day 
I've got to strike out on my own like you did. It was. It really was. It really was a knee jerk. Um, but also, I I was in a very lucky lucky position in that it took seven months for a replacement to be found. So I was actually hired as a freelance and was able to set myself quite a good rate. Brilliant. So that I could then save up that buffer, which mm-hmm. I'd sort of, in that knee-jerk moment, yeah. I hadn't really thought about. But I was able to save up a bit of a buffer so that I, if I couldn't make a go of going freelance, then I would be able to just mm. um, have a bit of, bit of, bit of time to get used to it. Cool. And if it didn't work, I was going to give it six months. And if it didn't work, I was going to uh, just look for another job. Yeah. But it has worked. It so has far. worked. So yeah. far, not good. <laughs> it's still quite stressful. But um, How um, do you find it stressful? How does that manifest for you? I think it's the same fear, same fears for everybody. I think we all, you, you look online and you see everybody worrying about chasing payments, mm. not getting paid on time, hustling for work. I mean, the hustle is just... Unreal. Unreal. <laughs> you just have to just put, it's constant hustle. Yeah. But at the same time, I think um, what we don't do as freelancers often is allow the quiet times to be unstressful, to enjoy mm, the quiet times. That's so true. And I've really tried hard to learn to enjoy the quiet times and not get really stressed mm. out when I haven't got work coming in. So if on a day when I haven't got anything going on and I'm, I'm panicking a little bit, I just think, right, I'll give myself two hours to pitch. Mm-hmm. I'll spend a couple of hours looking at the news, looking at websites like Science Daily to come up with ideas, and then I'll I'll, I'll spend two hours pitching, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Then I'll work on personal projects. I'll go for a walk. I'll go shopping. I'll do some housework. I'll have a nap. I'll go to the cinema, mm-hmm. and I just it, remind myself that I have had months where I'm working six a.m. till midnight. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had times when I've been working on the tube on my laptop oh to my try goodness. and fit in yeah. the work I've got to do. So I think, well, those months can make up for these months. Yeah, like we forget to add up the hours, don't we? Like if you did like literally like a timesheet, you'd realise exactly. the hours over the month are more than adding up to a nine to five and probably way more exactly now you mentioned the cinema there which is something you've mentioned to me before and <laughs> I absolutely love this Rosie's thing where she goes to the cinema in the afternoon which I think a lot of people especially people in staff jobs would be like how indulgent well you see freelancers they just spend all afternoon at the cinema but like tell us a little bit about like why you do that and what it brings to you in terms of like why it's such a lovely escape and also I mean obviously because you're juggling the time if you've worked hard enough, you know, worked the night before, why shouldn't you go to the cinema the next afternoon if you're free? Well, I feel, my from my perspective, I am, I am lucky in that I don't have children and I know that makes it very different in that you do have times when you've got to, you, you know, you, you're making dinner or you're collecting children from school. I know that's a very different scenario. But for me, I think if you're freelance and you haven't got the security of sick pay, you haven't got the security of holiday pay, you need to absolutely make the most of the freedom of being freelance. Mm. So for me, I can work whenever I like. So if I start work, sometimes I'll start work at 7am because okay. I've woken up and I'll just be in my gym jams and I'll go to my desk and just do a bit of work So I'm feeling a bit motivated. And I might work till, you know, 10pm or midnight even sometimes. Mm. But then I think, well, in that case, I can go out to the cinema in the afternoon. Yeah. Because I think psychologically, doing fun things when everyone else is at work is such a joy. That's so true. It's such I a joy. It's, it's such a good message. Yeah. It's wonderful. And I just think I, I would much rather spend three hours, assuming I haven't got a deadline at 6pm that day, yeah. I'd much rather go to the cinema from 3 to 6pm than work from 6 to 9pm to make up those three hours. Mm-hmm. Because I find that working when other people aren't isn't as annoying as going to the cinema when other people are at work. 
mm-hmm. gives me pleasure. I find in that balance, I don't mind if my fiance is watching telly, yeah. being in the corner doing a bit of work, especially if I've been at the cinema yeah. and I know other people are stuck in an office. So this morning I walked to Borough Market. Oh, lovely. I had to go into town briefly and I stretched it out by going to Borough Market. I bought some vegetables so for nice. dinner. Yeah. And I walked along the river to come home because yeah. I just thought, well, if I, was, I thought if I was on my way to work and looking at the river, it was a beautiful view and it was nice and sunny, I thought I'd be so sad that I was going to an office. So the fact that I'm not going to an office, I really, really need to yeah. make the most of it. And it's those moments that I think are really essential if you're freelance because I think... Some people find it really helpful to have a lot of structure to their day. Mm. Like start at nine, have an hour's lunch break, finish at six. But I personally think that the joy of freelancing is having that flexibility, being able to mm. take two hours for lunch and, and, and making up the time some other time. I love that. Would you have advice for anyone who really feels like if they feel guilty doing that or anything, would you just say maybe like, just try it and just really try and go for it? Because I sometimes think well, I might go and do that and I still feel guilty like when I'm running errands or even if I go to the gym during the day. But would you just sort of say to people, just just try it and try and make it a habit because actually it can really be really good for your well-being. To Like you're flipping it on its head. It's brilliant. <laughs> you're like being really cheeky with the way things could be and I love that. I, I really would because I think I've, like I say, I have to try and keep in mind that the weeks where I'm very busy will make up for the weeks and it's quiet. So... If you, if you feel like you can't do that, maybe try it for four. I have a, I have a weekly bu- target that I give myself. Mm-hmm. So obviously if, I, if I'm really behind on my target, then I know going to cinema is not a great idea. I need to, need to yeah. be hustling. You're not but, just going to see every new release every Wednesday. <laughs> exactly. Let's not make people think that you live in the cinema. But, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, but I think it's maybe try it for a couple of weeks and then if if it, if you I think you would probably find it balances out if you mm. don't if it doesn't work for you I do appreciate I think everyone's got their own way of working and I actually find having structure on quiet weeks is more important for me mm. because if I've got nothing going on I get that real fear and then I feel really guilty going to work uh, going out to the cinema sorry so what I will sometimes do is I'll sort of hustle and then get a commission and then as soon as the commission comes in it's not during a week, so then I'll go to the cinema. Because I'm like, Brilliant. right, but I've got this like commission. Banked it. Yeah. I banked it. Mm. So then now now I've got permission to go. And I think it is just get, letting go of that guilt. Mm. Women especially are so good at feeling guilty about oh, God, everything. Yeah. Literally, every time like you breathe, you're just like, oh dear, should I be breathing in this way? Or, <laughs> or should I be doing housework even? Yeah. I think it's, oh, I've got some free time. I better do the washing up. Mm. But, you know, let your other half do the washing up when they get yeah. home. You have a really great energy about being freelance. Like, I love when we meet up. Like, I feel renewed about being a freelancer when I talk to you. So how do you keep, how do you keep yourself buoyant, like, when you are doing the hustling and you're sort of, you know, trying to find new clients or new people to write for or work with? Do you do other things to try and make yourself sort of keep up? Would you say you're just generally quite positive because you love freelancing? I think so. I really love it. I, I think that comes from having got to a stage in my career where I wasn't able to be creative. So I think that contrast between managing a, a team, dealing with Excel spreadsheets, mm, which I yeah. couldn't handle. <laughs> I hope you know, <laughs> uh, you know, arguing over budgets, all those things which mm. I really didn't enjoy doing. And then suddenly I've gone from sort of a few years of that to writing really fun articles, mm. articles that I think are helping people, 
you know, even co- copywriting. I wrote All Bar One's menu, cocktail menu. Oh, and I had to go to All Bar One and try their cocktails and then write about them oh, and no. describe them for is their menu. Not? So, you know, I mean, that kind of thing is absolutely fantastic. And, yeah. and I, I really miss that. So I still have massive appreciation, A, for the fact that I get to be really creative now in a way that I, I hadn't been for a while. And B... Do you know what? I love running errands. <laughs> and the fact that I get to run errands during the day fills me with huge joy. Brilliant. <laughs> I love a list. So I have a big list of errands that I need to do. And if I sort of tick three off, sort of repotting plants, the fact that I can repot plants at 2pm makes me incredibly happy. So I think, I mean, I don't know how what the future holds. Mm. I don't know how things will pan out. I don't know if it will continue to go well. But at the moment, I'm absolutely loving the freedom. I'm loving the work I get to do. And... I find the hustle energising, I think, as well. I think I, get, I really enjoy coming up with ideas. Mm. And I've got... I know that we get silence. So often you get silence from people who yes. get knockbacks. But I've got I've got a spreadsheet for my ideas. I've okay. got an ideas spreadsheet. Ooh, tell me more about that. I love the sound of that. I've got so many... The irony of me leaving a full-time job, partly because I didn't like spreadsheets, and now I've just yeah, got a spreadsheet for saying. everything <laughs> in my life. I've got a spreadsheet for everything. But one of my spreadsheets is a pitching spreadsheet. And I will say, the, I'll have the, I have all the ideas written out on one, another, one document and then I have an Excel spreadsheet with the idea, who I pitched it to mm-hmm. and the date. And then, so then I know to leave it a week to follow up and say, do you definitely not like this idea? And then I will go to the next, and I'll write a list of who I want to pitch it to in what order I want to pitch it to Brilliant. those people. So if the first, if I get a knockback and I'll, I'll email someone after a week and say, or two weeks and say, I'm I assume this idea is not for you. I'm going to pitch it to someone else this afternoon. And if they don't get back, then I'll, I'll pitch it to the next person on the list. But I do. I have ideas. If I get an idea and I think I know this is a good idea, mm. I've got some ideas on my list, and there are ten people I've sent it to, and it would be no, 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 no yeah. yes, no reply, no, no, and and I will pitch it until I find someone that will buy it. And I, I'm, I'm because I've got the spreadsheet. I use it because I'm quite organised about it. I try not to get despondent. I just think, mm. do it methodically. And I will try and, if I'm if I'm having a pitching day, I'll try and send sort of four or five pitches. Mm. Or I'll, I'll look through my pitching list at something that hasn't sold yet. And I think, right, can I repackage that? Is there anything in the news that Brilliant. means I can hook it on? Yeah. So I've always got ideas or, or ideas that have been, I write for Australian magazines sometimes. Oh, nice. So maybe if an article I've done for an Australian magazine has been published a little while ago, I can, you know, rewrite it mm. for a, a British like market. Like a celebrity does something, you suddenly like, aha. Absolutely. Oh, Thank I, you, insert name of celebrity. Exactly. Now I can hook my idea on something. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes I'll even, you know, I, I, I wrote an idea about... Um, I love clutter mm. and I just thought this, I've got such a passion for clutter and not throwing things away I thought next time Marie Kondo does anything <laughs> yes. I'm going to pounce on that and it took it, I had to wait six months and she had a TV show coming out and I was like right so but the idea was on yeah, the list so it was it. always in my head so I made sure I make sure that all the ideas I have are always in, in the back of my mind somewhere that is brilliant and I, can, and I just scan through the list and then you know go to different websites to come up with new ideas yeah. but and in and terms I, of finding like, because a part of our job very much is like finding new people to pitch to, then finding the contact there and then building that relationship. Do you find it like, I can imagine you're the kind of person that finds it quite a fun challenge to be like, well, I will find an email for that person <laughs> and I will build a relationship with them. But it's quite like, you, you've got to kind of like almost toughen your heart a little bit up to like, it's very personal when you're pitching out something that's it's your idea and you think it's great, not you personally, one thinks it's great. Um, and then the silence or whatever, and you're kind of like, well, hold on a minute, that that was my little my little seedling of an idea 
But does the, having the spreadsheet help you like rationalise the emotions of having ideas and pitching and finding new contacts because you can almost see the journey that your pitch is going on rather than thinking, oh, I can't even remember who I emailed it to. Absolutely. Mm. I really think it does. I think it's almost like when you read about authors who were rejected by you know, mm. J.K. Rowling being rejected by loads yeah. of people, obviously comparing myself to J.K. <laughs> Rowling. Um, you know, but it, it gives you that... When you see that another idea that you loved was mm. rejected by lots of magazines or newspapers and then was eventually taken up, it's really heartening. She think, no, this, you know, if I plug away, it mm. will happen. Yeah. Or maybe it's just not the right time. Maybe if I wait six months for that hook to come along, it will happen. Um, so yes, it helps rationalise it. I think you, I think it's really easy to get really upset when people reject ideas, especially mm. like you say, if it's something you're really proud of, or, or especially if it's something really personal. Yeah, I do sell quite a lot of, of personal stories. Oh yes, rinsing I want to talk to you about my life. This. Yeah, because I'm the same. Like me and Rosie, I think in our group of freelance friends, probably the two that. I think you picked me to the post, though. You've written probably more. I've written absolutely tons. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell us the kind of things you've written as like a sort of emotional first-person pieces, and then how obviously that how that comes. Because I guess as a freelancer, you're then sat at home with the emotions of having written that, and or the emotions of seeing it in print or online. Whereas when you're in an office, at least you've got the sort of buffer of going, "Oh no, everyone, it's online. Look." <laughs> ah. How how do you like deal with all of that? I think I've always been quite confessional in a lot of the things I write, so mm. it's never really bothered me, to be honest. I think the only time I've ever kind of regretted being confessional is when I did an article in the Daily Mail mm. um, about a breakup, and it came out on my birthday. Ooh. And all the, as you can imagine, the comments were quite... Yeah. You know, the, the comments were really, really harsh. And um, But apart from that, I've, just, I've mainly found I've only had really good feedback. Mm. So I think... You know, so, so I've just written an article about um, being a kid old at Christmas. So oh, how, nice. Because I am basically a complete child when it comes to Christmas and don't pull my weight at home, even though I'm 41. Um, I cook the Christmas lunch. I've like reverted into like <laughs> mumhood, not mum, but as in our mums, you know, not like being a mum, but yeah. No, I, I tried it once, but I'm not doing that again. <laughs> I love Christmas. Yeah. So you just thinking ahead. That's another thing. You've got to think ahead to your like, and I guess not just in journalism, but with anybody who's freelance, you've got to be thinking. Well, hold on, that company might be talking about who they're going to have in for their next spring project oh, totally. or whatever. You're always thinking like, there's mm. two examples of Christmas there where you're clearly thinking what's going to be happening in one month, two months, six months. That's really important, isn't it? But yeah, and I think as well thinking outside the box in terms of what. I hate that phrase, sorry. <laughs> Thinking differently about the kinds of features where your feature could sit. So, for example, mm. I've recently pitched an article about um, me, my mum and I have been to Venice together over 10 times. Oh, so wow. we're sort of, and we've sort of we've been without our partners yeah. and, and really sort of grown together going to, through these trips to Venice and really bonded. Oh. But a magazine has taken it as a Valentine's Day story. Mm. So it's like an alternative Valentine's Day story. So I pitched it for Mother's Day, but they said, no, this is lovely Valentine's Day because it's a city of love, but it's actually a love story between you and your mum because you're oh, bonded that's over lovely. it. So I'd never thought of pitching it like that. But again, that's something that could be, it could, mm. if I thought about it like that, I could have nosed it for Valentine's Day myself. Yeah. So I think it is, again, it's that thing of having, like with the clutter idea, mm. it, it goes against what Marie Kondo is saying. So, And that is the thing as well, isn't it? Look, most places want the alternative view. They don't want someone going, yes. oh, I love Marie Kondo. They want someone going like, 
Yeah. Sod my I condo. can't bring myself to throw anything away. <laughs> I'm yeah. not throwing anything away. <laughs> I don't want to roll my socks up in the drawer. I want them to be disarrayed or whatever the word exactly. might be. And I, I think, I, I don't mind being personal. I think, I think the problem is that I'm going to run out of things to talk about. <laughs> Never. I but, don't think um, you would. <laughs> maybe not but um it's quite cathartic though isn't it sometimes i find it, anyway like writing about myself i find actually quite like i used to write diaries when i was younger and i suspect you did but don't correct me if you didn't no, but I did. you did yeah <laughs> and it's almost like someone's given me permission to like share what always had to hide in a book in the drawer and i'm like oh great i'm allowed to tell the world how i feel about this thing it's like quite a release and i think it's helpful i think i think the key thing for me genuinely the reason i got into magazines so you see one of my bugbears is films mm. where you've got a girl who works oh, for like a, a trashy magazine and she's desperate to work for the New York Times <laughs> and, this, and this job on a women's magazine is just a stopgap until she does proper journalism in inverted commas mm-hmm. um, and it, I find that really offensive because I, when I wanted to get into journalism I really, really Cosmopolitan was my dream job mm. I really, really wanted to write entertaining features yeah. that were helpful and supportive as well so when I was growing up, I was constantly reading articles. I just desperately was sucking up all the articles I could in magazines like Cosmo to find out how to, you know, how to deal with things, how to deal with careers and boys and, you know, and, and I've written about things like domestic violence and, mm. and, and interviewing political leaders. And I think for me, I want to be able to help people by, by holding up a mirror to their experiences and giving advice on different things because that is what I enjoyed I used to love agony aunt columns. Oh yes, love them. Still do. I've written, I've written to loads of them. Have <laughs> like, you? I've had loads of prob- yeah, loads of agony aunt problems. Have you had them published. I've had yeah. So I had. Oh, nice. I think I had one published in Cosmo before I worked there. I don't think I ever confessed it at the time. Brilliant. And one in You magazine. Oh, Irma Kurtz helped I me out see. once. <laughs> so I wanted to help people. And I'm very impressed with that. But very I think re- reading about other people's problems yeah. is that is how you get reassured, yeah, isn't it? Hundred percent. We read to know we're not alone, and so I feel like these confessional things. I think a lot of people don't want to do it which I totally mm. understand and some people do see it as a bit of a you know you're selling your soul but I don't see it like that at all I just feel like if my experience can help somebody else make sense of their similar experience mm. then I'm really glad to have, have, have done, been able to do that yeah um, and a lot of things I've written about I'm really passionate about mm. and, you know I think it's really important to talk about them because there's certain things that you know we just don't talk about enough yeah definitely so. good I'm glad you said that because I feel the same way about it and it's almost like you do sort of think to people think I'm just doing it because I want attention and it's like no 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 I genuinely yeah I used to always think I want to be the girl in the magazine that I'm reading because <laughs> yeah. I like what she's written and now I don't feel quite as stupid for feeling the way I feel about something and, and all that kind of thing I think the key is to be true to yourself because yes. also if you are a confessional journalist oh, yes. if you twist things a bit to, oh in order so to right. in order to fit a brief <laughs> Then later on, you're writing about a similar subject for somebody else. You're going to get yourself in a whole world of mess. So my one rule is just always being stick to the truth. Yeah. Be completely honest and be completely yeah. truthful. Don't try and squeeze your experiences to fit a brief because it, you could easily become unstitched. And it's just and it makes it completely pointless because it's well, the it's point not is your honesty. Actual opinion. Yeah. It's about being honest. It's about honesty. So yeah. I think you have to. Be, you really have to be 100% honest and and. That is very Otherwise, good Otherwise, it's, it's a pointless endeavour. Well, if you then say you like clutter and then suddenly you're writing about actually why you really, really love clean, empty surfaces, someone's going to be like, hold on a minute, I thought you liked clutter. Yes. And then you put on Instagram, <laughs> actually, here's all my, like, my neat, you know, the, the flat room is very, very neat. See, I wouldn't say it was clutter. I'd say it was, like, things. But that's because I like Lovely clutter. things. <laughs> I love things. Well, I think, I think 
clutter is a mean word. I'm like, oh, lovely things, <laughs> shiny objects. <laughs> I'm exactly the same, like a little magpie. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, commissioning editors who might be listening mm. will have experience. We, I have experienced before as a commissioning editor. Mm. Um, we had somebody who um, pitched a story about, we were looking for someone who uh, had sex on holiday, mm. and, like used holidays as, you know, an opportunity to sort of have a bit of fun yeah um and then another time we were looking for somebody who was sort of um had decided to be celibate for a couple of years and the same person <laughs> oh my goodness who we'd written about as someone who goes on holiday to yeah. have um to have sex pitched themselves as somebody who decided to go celibate for a couple of years over the same period and it's like it's so, impossible yeah, yeah we're like the, you know and i just i don't i think having experienced that as a commission editor i just think it's not a good look yeah so because this can sometimes be your one chance. And I guess for people who aren't journalists, it's still your one chance often when you email and you, you know, we say commissioning editors, but people often say clients and stuff, don't they? That's your one chance when you're emailing them to like hit the spot and say, I've got something that you might want. And if you've got something they might want, that's then, there's a classic in journalism, I think, and tell me what you think about this as well, but where you um, email someone and you've got an idea and they say, oh, we did that last week. Like how important do you think it is to have read or read up on the client you're going to approach. So maybe if you're, you know, emailing someone for contract work or copyright work or journalism stuff like articles, is it like really, really important that you know who you're emailing and you've checked the publication and do you do a lot of your homework in that respect? I think everyone needs a subscription to Readly. Yeah. Like Readly I find completely invaluable. You have good tips for actual websites. I'm loving this. Oh, Readly's nice fantastic. Yeah. It's, only, it's it's 7.99 a month, mm-hmm. kids. <laughs> um, but it's it's got all the magazines on there. And I think I don't I mean I you know, haven't got time to read all the magazines. Mm. I'm too busy reading Science Daily and <laughs> blooming Daily Mail sidebar shame to come up with feature ideas to be doing that. But I think pitching to a specific section is really, really important. Yeah. So I will check the section of the magazine that I'm pitching to and say I think this would work for this section but I you know if they say we've just done something like that I never I don't I feel a bit sheepish but not too bad mm. because I think I just haven't got time to it's read like every issue know, of every you? magazine yeah. no you can't you can't read every issue of every magazine and I think well it just shows what great idea it was doesn't it <laughs> yeah, if you've brilliant. done it it shows that I pitched correctly and sometimes I'll send a cheeky email along those lines <laughs> sort of the variety of stuff you write really interests me because like as you said when we started chatting like you're testing out water jugs but then you might write something about your personal emotions and then you might be doing a report do you find that variety is really key as a freelancer for you to keep things ticking over and keep you interested in what you're doing oh it's just the hustle as mm. far as I'm concerned I'll write anything yeah for anyone about anything Brilliant. <laughs> I'm really I'm really you know I've... have you got a dream list of people you want to write for no I don't mean as in name them but like do you no, sort um... of like your bread and butter people and then you're like one day I'll write for Vogue. The person, the people <laughs> I really wanted to write for actually when I went freelance was Mary Claire mm-hmm. and I had um before it very very sadly yeah. folded I had um, features in the last five or six issues mm. which I was incredibly proud of um, but now I'm, I'm continuing to write for them for online brilliant so but Mary Claire was the one was one of the magazines yeah. that I really had on my wish list I'm happy to I just I think as long as you have pride in your own work doesn't mm. matter who you're writing it for yeah I think you just have to do your absolute best for whoever you're writing for and I think as well, which I mentioned previously, when I was making you a nice cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the tea. We're, no, we're biscuit free today. <laughs> yes, we're biscuit free. Um, so as I was, I mentioned earlier, when I was making you a lovely cup of tea, mm. I think you should take. I know that there is a risk of freelancers underselling themselves, mm. um, and you know, writing on spec can be a dangerous game as well. But I tend to have the attitude of just 
if there is a if there's a glimmer of an opportunity there if it's someone you've never written for before or you think it might give you experience that will help you get another job mm. i will kind of try anything i have written on spec i've done things for quite quite terrible money because i thought well do you know what i've not got experience in that field i've never written about that before it's another thing for the cv and i think obviously you don't want you don't want to do it too much because we don't want to undervalue ourselves but i think i will do i will really do anything i will, mm. I will troll websites i've sent so many speculation emails to copywriting agencies to brands similar to ones that i've done mm. copywriting for the new magazine platinum came out recently within i haven't heard of that one platinum it's a new yeah. magazine aimed at the older lady oh. and within about 15 minutes of finding out about it i was on the phone to the commission wow. said, hello how are you <laughs> let me introduce myself and i'd pitched to them and had a had a feature accepted mm-hmm. um so the day i found out about it so that was That's you know awesome. but then i thought they're going to be inundated so i've got to get in there really yeah. quickly so it's that kind of thing it's just i will i will hustle myself yeah to death i love that though as well because i think a lot of people probably see someone like you as an example (laughs) doing like sort of a range of work and then like well how did rosie get in with platinum and you're like well because you you went for it and you found out who to contact and you didn't hang around it's like you went for you just went go 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 i quite like the idea of writing for them i'm gonna contact them as soon as possible like i think a lot of people forget that there's a lot of hustle behind the the end result like they might see your portfolio and think oh where's she getting all those contacts from it's like well sourcing them all the time you don't you don't stop in that i think you're quite tenacious in that respect but i think there's so much luck involved as well i think it's you know the email landing at the right time absolutely i don't mean i don't want to big up my bad self too much you know it's like (laughs) it is it is really you know like you say you pitch something they say we did that last week you know you know for goodness sake yeah and 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 sometimes you'll pitch you'll pitch a feature everywhere and then or sort of half of the places you think of pitching it to and the other half will do a feature on it the following week because you've pitched it to the wrong yeah. people and you've lo- you've missed the boat you know it's, it does get really frustrating because obviously the more you're hustling the more you're going to get knocked back if yeah. 75% of everything you send out is completely you get no response to the more you send out the, the bigger the numbers are but yeah. I just cling to my nice spreadsheet and go it will happen in the end. <laughs> I love that. I'm quite tempted to try one of these spreadsheets. I'm not a huge spreadsheet fan, but it's more because they're all about, like, they can do secret sums, which really freaks me out. It's like there's sort of this secret power to them. Where <laughs> if you double click on something yeah. suddenly, it's like added up three words and it doesn't know what it's doing. But actually a spreadsheet for words. words <laughs> maybe I could get on board with that. No, exactly. <laughs> and also, if someone, you know, when people say, oh, maybe in a couple of months, mm. and they think you're going to leave them alone. Oh, yeah. I don't leave them alone because I, I put the date, the, I'll put the date in there that I need to get back to them, and I check my spreadsheet once a week, and I'm like, oh, I need to, email, I need to hassle that person. Brilliant. Remember when you said two months ago that you thought this article might be all right at some point? I love it. Hi. That's brilliant. Wear them down. Yeah, we're just, you've got to, because it's so competitive. All freelance work is so competitive. There's like, so many people we get these alerts don't we so there's a company that does sort of alerts of who's moving where in the industry and stuff and i'm finding now that like a good third of it is so and so has gone freelance and you just think oh there's another one there's another one there's another one it's like daily the amount of people who are in the same pool so that's the same i think whether you're a journalist or anything it's like people are going freelance all the time now mm. they're all going self-employed for various reasons and you you've got to that's a, a, not a battleground because everyone's in it together, but it sort of is, isn't it? Yeah. I think I think you've got to you've got to fight for yourself, and then I really think it's important to help other people as well. Mm. So I think if you see somebody asking for case studies and things like that on online, we, you know, I will always 
respond if I can help mm -hmm. always because I just think I know how hard it is to find yes. case studies and things like that and I've had people come back to me and be incredibly helpful um, with giving case studies on freelance groups and I just think that give and take is really important mm -hmm. I just think we all need to help each other as much as we possibly can yeah. it's jungle out there it is. <laughs> So why you could be hacking through the jungle yeah. with your machete, you've also got to, you know, make sure someone else isn't about to fall off a cliff. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, I love that. That's really lovely. <laughs> Let's say the desert instead, so you can get cactuses in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you're walking across the desert. <laughs> hacking through the cacti. <laughs> oh, I love it. So along with spreadsheets and helping people, would you have a piece of advice for anyone who's listening? And it doesn't have to be a work thing, but just something that you would almost say to them, like, if you only do one thing as a freelancer, this is the thing that either, you know, keeps me sane or keeps me amused or keeps me thinking, yeah, this is the life for me. What sort of would be your parting piece of advice for listeners? Cook really nice lunches. Ooh, nice. <laughs> With vegetables get... from Borough Market <laughs> yes. or your local farmer's market. That's right. Yes, don't forget your pret sandwiches. Mm -hmm. You can have really nice lunches. What kind of things do you cook? I will roast some nice tomatoes and peppers and have oh, food with pasta and a bit of baked ricotta or uh, I'll make a risotto. I, I, I love cooking and uh, yeah, so I just, I really, I find it incredibly soothing. So if I've had a stressful morning, mm. I'll just say I'm going to use the majority of my lunch hour or my lunch two hours to cook something nice and then I can just really switch off in the kitchen, make something delicious, then I get to eat it. Brilliant. So. And don't schedule any interviews around lunchtime. No, actually Just take lunch. Yes, make yeah. sure you get, I sort of keep 12 o'clock till 2 o'clock free every day so that if I need to sort of deep stress, I can do by making myself lovely lunch. Watch a bit of You're full of such good advice. I love I'm it. I'm just, I'm just all about the self-care and being really yeah, chill. Yeah, but it's so, that's <laughs> lazy. Whole, yeah, that's why I thought once I've set up freelance fields, it's like people forget to do all this stuff and then they wonder why they feel like utter rubbish. Because they're, you know, thinking, well, I haven't had lunch again because I spoke to that person at one o'clock. It's like, well, don't arrange to speak to them at one o'clock then. Being freelance is stressful enough without feeling guilty about the times when you're making the most of the benefits of being freelance. Yeah. Go to the cinema. Hustlers is great. Go and see that. Go see Hustlers. <laughs> Brilliant. The Hustler says go see Hustlers. <laughs> I love it. Rosie, tell us where we can find you on social media and indeed the internet if you would like people to find your articles or you on Instagram. Uh, my portfolio is at rosiemullender.co.uk. I'm Mullies on Twitter and I'm Mullies1 on Instagram because I think I set up an account under Mullies then forgot the password. Oh, <laughs> so Mullies, M-U-L-L-I-E-S. That's right, yeah. Perfect. Thank you for joining me on Freelance Fields. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, Jenny. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. If you've enjoyed Freelance Feels, please do rate it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you would like to know more about Freelance Feels, you can head to freelancefeels.com or on Instagram at freelance underscore feels.